0: Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of the Balkan Bread Podcast. My name's Amina, and thank you guys so much for being here. So if you guys are new to this podcast, I really quickly want to say that this is a safe place for diaspora to connect and discuss different experiences and different issues that are affecting our community. So... Another quick announcement, Um, we actually have a sale going on right now. By the time you're listening to this, today is Wednesday the 16th and our sale is going through Friday the 18th, so we have 20% off everything on the website. You don't need a coupon code or anything, everything's on sale and the sale price should show for that. Another quick thing... Our ambassador program is in the works, so a quick thank you to everyone who saw our Instagram story yesterday and DM'd us your email. I've been collecting all of the emails, and we will have more information sent out very, very soon. So, today, I actually have one of my other good friends on this podcast episode. She is a life coach and she is the co-founder of Fitfluence, which is a lifestyle brand that's here to inspire your health career and self love journey through social media So I actually met her at a Bosnian conference in 2017 in washington d c and we just kind of started chatting and ended up connecting even more this previous year in Seattle. You may have even seen her on our Instagram feed before, so very, very excited to have her on this episode. We are just going to be going through a couple of questions that I have for her in terms of, you know, becoming a life coach as well as kickstarting this healthy lifestyle that we all aspire to have so i would like to welcome my friend danny's to today's episode Awesome. Well, thank you for the introduction. So flattering. <laughs>
1: and yeah, we met during the Diaspora Conference, and it's kind of funny because the conference itself is pretty new. Um, and originally, so my name is Denise Ciechvich. I am a lifestyle coach, uh, lifestyle and fitness coach. Um, I post on social media and run virtual boot camps, and I am the founder of FitFluence, which is a lifestyle brand um, that inspires people in their health. Career and self love journey through social media. And um, the ways that I guess I am qualified <laughs> to speak about any of this stuff is that I actually spent over seven years um, working in the world of social media. I went from being an intern in high school to um, the director and head videographer of an awesome little marketing firm in Burlington, Vermont. Um, and I did everything in between. So everything from intern to content creator to manager, I worked in New York City and, and um, did all that fun stuff. So um, that's where my social media expertise comes from. And then my lifestyle and fitness coaching, that's just from my own personal journey um, and working with um, a company called Beachbody, which I'm sure some people have heard of with P90X and Insanity and all those cool workouts. And so um, Amina and I, like you said, mentioned or mentioned we met during the Bosnian Diaspora Conference. And I remember going to that conference and being surrounded by so many diaspora that were like our age and knew what like Prapuch was and you know, could like relate about wearing slippers in the house. And all this stuff that um, obviously you have family, we have family in Vermont, but I never really got to hang out with that many. Young Bosnians at once, and it was so great. And we could speak Bosnian and just connect, um, and and really get to know one another. And there's so many diaspora that are doing really amazing things all around the world. Whether it's in Bosnia or whether it's in the U.S., Canada, wherever you may be, Europe. Um, I know so many awesome members of the diaspora that are just you know breaking barriers and and really. Doing, doing the most when it comes to um, their career or their relationship or um, entrepreneurship, whatever it may be. And I'm so glad that this podcast exists, Amina, because I think it's such an important thing to, to spotlight everybody and to celebrate um, our history and our growth and the kind of impact that we're having. So I'm really, really excited to be here um, and I'm so stoked to be a guest. So thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, girl, we're excited to have you. And like you said, I don't really think there's, you know, there are ways to connect diaspora, but I think one of the reasons that I started this podcast and this brand is because I just couldn't find those ways, or I didn't really feel like there was something substantial or something that was actually successful in, you know, connecting people that, you know, are from different cities, but, you know, maybe they're from the same town in Bosnia or something like that. So, Anyway, super excited. Thank you for giving us some background information on, you know, your social media experience and things like that. So to kick things off, we're going to start with the first question, which is what sparked your interest the most with becoming a life coach?
1: Yeah, Um, it's kind of funny because I think the whole life coach thing, I remember being in like the the eighth grade or the seventh grade um, I was pretty young and going home and I would come home and my sisters Ida and Jenna would be watching the Oprah show (laughs) and Zareen and I my twin sister Zeddy, would sit down with them and just like they would let us watch it before dinner like the very last 15 minutes and even when I was young I just remember like being in awe of Oprah and thinking this woman just like helps people and talks to them and like like there were so many episodes that I remember having an impact on me and I was like 12 you know so um it was crazy thinking that that was even an option and then in high school um I dealt with a lot of anxiety I just had a lot of um, things that I was self-conscious of. I mean, I have a lisp too. So um, that used to be something that I was really scared to talk to people. Like in, when I was young, I just would not talk. zedine would introduce us. She would like <laughs> do all the talking. And I, like once I knew somebody and knew it was safe to talk, then I would like let myself you know, show personality or whatever. But for a long time, I was just too nervous. And because of all the things that I, um, all the anxieties that I dealt with in high school and all of the um, pressure and stress that I felt, um, I felt like I needed, you know, that support. And, um, I did this youth leadership program in Vermont back when I was a sophomore in high school. Um, and it was a three day long program. It's called Hobie, the Hugh O'Brien Youth Leadership Seminar. And I remember it was only three days, but it was the first time in my whole life where I felt like I could be completely myself. Whatever it was that they did, they did like these, um, we just had conversations and we did activities and we were in groups that really allowed us to tap into like our truth and all of these barriers that I built up being in high school, like trying to be a cool kid or pretending to be popular, but always feeling like, you know, a flake or all of that came down for the first time ever. Um, And I just felt like I could actually tap into being myself. And so when I found out that life coaching was actually a thing like Tony Robbins existed, these certifications existed, it was like a viable um, stream of income and also a career, um, especially and that didn't exist, right? Like 30, 40 years ago, like we didn't even have the internet, <laughs> let alone have a, all these channels to like, follow up pursue a dream. And so um, the second that I found out life coaching was a possibility, I did Everything that I could to just pretend to be a life coach, basically. <laughs> I was like an RA in college. I was an orientation leader. I was a youth mentorship, a, like career counselor, like any any job that I could just sit down and talk to people and tap into like what was going on for them, what their truth was, what they needed help with. Because I struggled so hard. And I was like, I cannot be the only one dealing with this shit. <laughs> like, you know, I can not be the only one that is um, having these feelings of doubt or having this sense of insecurity or feeling like I'm lost. Um, And I don't know about you, but I just I felt like there was um, there was like you said, there was a disconnect. And I felt like especially millennials, uh, we are in such a comparison game all the time. Um, because we're always on social media, so like all that we do on social media is watch everybody else's lives and see the highlight reel. Like everybody's <laughs> getting married and having babies and traveling. Like nobody shows the reality of of their day to day, the grind, the hustle, the days when it's not going well, right? Or you do feel lonely, or things do get hard. And so one of the main reasons why. And, and working in social media, too, like, uh, I, I, I helped create those stories, I was creating that, like, perfect content all the time. And it would take us like 40 minutes to get the perfect shot, and then another 30 minutes to write the perfect caption. And then we had to tie it back to a story, there was just so much, um, like, maneuvering going on to create that perfect image that didn't really exist, that wasn't really true. And I just felt like in social media and in life in general, like we were missing the sense of authenticity um, and real value. And it's like you spend, I mean the average person spends literally two hours a day on social media. And that's not the average millennial because my assumption is that we spend more than that. Like we probably spend three to four hours a day on Facebook, Instagram, wherever, YouTube, whatever you watch on social media. And if you spent two hours a day, doing almost anything else like you know learning how to make baklava yeah. or, pita, or learning how to play the violin or going to the gym like you would be an expert at something like basically before the end of the year so it's like we spend all this time on social media and all this energy but we leave like not feeling that much better about ourselves usually we honestly feel worse and it's like what value are we getting what what are we getting back from spending all this time and energy and effort pouring into these platforms like wasting our lives like staring at other people's lives but not doing anything to really benefit our own so that's how the whole lifestyle coach came
0: about and um,
1: yeah that's how social media kind of got um, intertwined into it too
0: that is so true. And I'm really glad that you called it like a highlight reel, because that's exactly what I was gonna say. And then you started talking. I was like, yep, that's it. <laughs> because, you know, no one's gonna post like, the really crappy moments from their life or whatever, you know, everything you see is just, like you said, that highlight, and it's something that's like almost perfectly crafted, then you know, what the movie actually is. I think that's where Social media can get really tricky because obviously you want to present the best version of yourself or your brand, but it can be hard because it's like okay, I, you know, I want to put this image out there, but at the same time I want people to look at my post and, you know, like it, share it, whatever, but ultimately, you know, leave that post feeling like I don't know, I don't want to say like better than like better about themselves or just kind of make them feel good. Like you never want to post something and then, you know, feel like someone, I don't know, like someone feels like degraded about it almost, or they just feel worse about themselves, like you were saying. So of course, it depends on, you know, your brand and what kind of message you are trying to put out there. But it can be hard, especially when your job is so intertwined like with that whole social media aspect and i know you mentioned that you know you worked with um a couple of other companies and basically you know like you said okay we spent you know 40 minutes trying to just take the picture and you know get it to look right (laughs) 30 minutes editing it and then you have to decide on the caption and then you have to make sure that you know you have the right hashtags and just like all of these things you know like coming full circle and that sort of thing. So anyway, yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely yeah. comparison is the thief, of, the thief of all joy. So it's so hard not to compare yourself and not to compare, you know, yourself to other brands and other people out there. But um, moving on into the next question, this will kind of go back more into, you know, fit fluence and everything that you're doing with that. But when did you start living a healthy lifestyle? And has that helped instill that same mentality in your clients? Yeah,
1: Um, I think, honestly, um, I started when I was like a freshman in college. Um, I remember, I didn't gain the freshman 15, I gained like the freshman 35 <laughs> like and and you know like how Bosnian parents are it's like you go home and they're looking and they're like <laughs> <laughs> they're just, they're, and my parents are very honest so my mom was like damn girl you gained some weight <laughs> and of course you're like typically like you brush that off like obviously a uh, uh, other, opinion, other people's opinions shouldn't dictate how you feel about your body. But I know I wasn't feeling good. I remember going to, like, um, the food court and just, like, inhaling – cheese puffs <laughs> and like be and and I was tired all the time I was exhausted and my skin was breaking out I felt bloated like I felt so heavy and more than heavy I just felt like unhappy I, I was dealing with like all these health issues at the time I was having like heart palpitations and uh, I couldn't really sleep and I was hypoglycemic like there were all these issues that were going on and finally I don't really know what was the kind of straw on the camel's back but I just decided to start hitting the gym and it sounds so trivial but you know I believe that your body is like a physical manifestation of your life and if you are not taking care of your body body your body is like the one place you have to live (laughs) like you can't exchange this thing for a ferrari (laughs) like you're if you've got if you've got a toyota corolla you've got a toyota corolla (laughs) like that's just how it's gonna be and 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 we forget that like we put all this effort into Um, all these things outside of ourselves. So like our job and our relationships and, um, our, our pets, you know, but we completely forget that there's an entire home that we should be taking care of that we don't even really think about. Um, and, and, I mean, you at the end of the day, you're going to be doing everything in this one body, you're going to be sitting here recording a podcast in this one body, you're going to go out on a date in this one body, you're going to, you know, go to work in this one body, you're going to hit the gym in this one body. So I I just remember when I started working out and going to the gym, like, yeah, I lost weight, and I, I started gaining muscle. But more than anything, like I felt like I was treating myself as a priority for the first time in a, I mean, maybe ever, you know, I'd always up until that point, I'd always just done what everybody else told me to do. And this felt like one of the only things that I was doing for me. Like it didn't, I it didn't matter. It wasn't like a grade that somebody gave me it wasn't like a, a job performance. Review. Like this was the one thing that I had for myself. Um, And just going to the gym and, and working out, like gave me clarity, it made me feel like I had control over something. And it made me feel like I was valuing myself and treating myself like a priority. And that it was like, well, it started because I wanted to change the way I looked, right? And that's typically how like the whole health thing starts. It's like people want to lose weight or they want abs or they want Michelle Obama arms, <laughs> <So>, like there, <laughs> there's something like external. That dictates, it. and that's okay. That's human, right? We all have have those kind of um, thoughts in our head, and but but it turned into like a self love journey. And I always tell my clients, I'm like, I want you to work out and eat right and do personal develop- development because you love your body, not because you hate it. And mm-hmm. I think that's the mistake that a lot of people make is that they work out. To like lose weight they work out to like fit into a dress or look in a bikini and but their their motivation for working out is because they're hating their body you know and they starve themselves and they um don't do it in a way that one is healthy and two is sustainable because i don't know about you but i i've definitely done that too like i've you know gotten on the I have like three weeks to like go on vacation and I'm like going on a juice cleanse and like doing all this, all these things, like not so I can make myself feel good, but so I can look a certain way. Um, and then I come back and I like binge on everything in sight, like all the Nutella all the time. <laughs> um, and that's just not sustainable, nor is it treating yourself with respect and, and love Um, and that's where a lot of my clients actually come in is they come in typically wanting to change something on the outside. And I always tell them, I'm like, listen, we can change everything on the outside, but if we are not dealing with the stuff on the inside, if we are not dealing with the way that you speak to yourself, um, you know, the, the thoughts that you have in your own head, I mean. I don't know if you deal with this too, but I would never, ever, ever talk to you or talk to my sister Zadi, or talk to my best friend or talk to like a stranger on the street the way I talk to myself in my own head. And, and I think we tend to be so nice to everybody around us and we tend to be so compassionate and we tend to be so um, loving. And we don't give that back to ourselves. Um, And we have all these relationships in our lives, whether it's your boyfriend or your coworker or your pet, like whatever it is, um, that we pour all this love and energy into and we forget that there is an entire relationship That you have with yourself and you know it exists because that's the relationship that's having these thoughts while you're listening to this podcast being like "Mm, yeah right right (laughs) you know (laughs) it's like the 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 voice that you actually hear inside your head and so we forget about that relationship and we focus we change everything externally and then you might lose the weight you might get the job you might you know whatever it is that goal that you have but if you're not changing what's on the inside none of that's going to matter because you're not going to feel any different. And so what we do like in uh, my little, in my fit gyms is like, yeah, we get you on a routine that gets you working out, we get you eating right. So you your body's actually being treated with love and being nurtured, and, and taken care of. But we also talk about, you know, the the inside and, and what kind of thoughts you're having about yourself while you're doing that? Like, are you doing that because you're trying to fit into the jeans, which it's okay to want to change the way you look. But we, number one, have to change the way you feel. And so that's the thing that um, started me on the journey. So It started as like I'm I'm trying to lose weight kind of thing. And then it became into, oh, I I just want to feel good about myself and like be confident and treat myself like my number one priority because I should be and and we should all be the number one priorities in our lives.
0: I love that so much and there was this quote that I saw on Pinterest um, probably numerous times and it said that the most important relationship you have is with yourself because like you were saying at the end of the day you know your body is your body that's I don't want to say it's the one you're stuck with because obviously you (laughs) know you can figure out and you know change the way that you look and more importantly you know change the way that you feel but at the end of the day you know you're always going to and you can't look for that validation from other people which you know is something that is so easy to do on social media you know it's like you post a picture and then you're like sitting on the app and you're just refreshing and refreshing see <laughs> people actually like the photo or you're like oh my god should I did I post it at the wrong time yep. <laughs> stupid things you know and so it's better almost to get in the habit of like posting something and then I'll just like close the app and like walk away do something else don't even worry about it because you know and the whole reason like with social media and you know posting things too is so my biggest thing was always that you know I wanted someone to walk away from seeing my post and you know getting something positive out of it or you know kind of, like, sparking that change within themselves. So that's why a lot of the times, like, on my personal account, I'll post things with, like, quotes and, you know, inspirational stories or just things that I've gone through. And, you know, the whole point of that isn't really for you to look at me and say, like, oh, wow, like, she's so cool, like, blah, blah, whatever. <laughs> because you'd be surprised at how many people, and then you're kind of, like, like, reading the comments and thinking, like, is this really what people think of me in a way, kind of like... <laughs> Having that, like, I don't know, I guess humbling moment, but, um, it's really to show people that they can do it too. Like they can go after, you don't have to be doing the same thing that I'm doing, but you can still go after things and, you know, accomplish what you want out of this life. So definitely, I also wanted to say with the whole, like you were saying, how um, a lot of people want to lose weight so that they can, you know, look good in a bikini or they're going on a trip or whatever it may be. Um, but at the end of the day, I think the coolest victories, too, are have nothing to do with like the number that you see like, on the scale, which I don't think I've weighed myself in so long. I don't even know. Like, shame, shame. <laughs> one number whenever I go to the doctor. I don't I think that's it. I, don't, I could. but it's more about those like I think they're called like no scale victories and just seeing like oh wow I feel a lot better about myself or oh I feel like I have more energy today or you know oh I'm drinking more water you know like things like that so um but yeah I think it's cool how you went through that personally like yourself and then you were able to use that as an example for like your clients and you know even like friends family if this is something that you know they want to go after so I think that's really awesome and it kind of goes into our next question which is what was the biggest thing holding you back before you got started yeah
1: um I I also want to comment on what you said too before I answer that is like it's a hundred percent true and you know I'm still going through it <laughs> I think when yeah. you're like an entrepreneur or like a lifestyle coach on social media and and I work to like show people the other side you know and but a lot of people and you do too um but a lot of people don't and, and people people assume that like you have it all together and that you have like cracked the code and you're just like, Oh no, no, no. I am literally just (laughs) trying to build my wings on the way down, (laughs) you know, like there is, and, and, and that kind of ties into the question is like, I think the biggest thing that was my obstacle was perfectionism and was fear, you know, and people always say that and they say like fear is, Always our biggest obstacle. I think we are always our own biggest obstacle, you know, because other people can say things about you. um, People can have opinions on you, whether they're positive or negative. But We are the ones that internalize them, you know, like it's kind of, I always use this example with my clients is that um, if there was somebody walking down the street, right. And you walked by them and they came up to you and they were like, Amina, you're stupid. (laughs) (laughs) And you would be like, one, who the hell are you? (laughs) And and two, you wouldn't, that wouldn't hurt you. you. Like you might be jaded, but like you wouldn't be deeply hurt by it because you don't, you know, that's not true. And you also, um, that, that person's opinion doesn't matter to you because you, you know, that that is false, right? Like deep down, you know, that person doesn't even know you, how, how could they know whether or not you're smart or stupid, you know, versus Mm -hmm. if your, you know, um, boyfriend or best friend sat you down told you, you know, you've been really selfish lately, like, and that could really, really hurt you because that, that you feel like that person has a right to decide how you should feel about yourself. And at the end of the day, like you do not have to pick up the baggage that people throw at you. (laughs) Like people, people can put as many pieces of luggage at your feet. You don't have to carry it. And I think that people forget that. And I think that people forget how much power they have to internalize um, things by choice because we just assume that because somebody said that, and especially on social media, I think we get this a lot like whether it's like comp, like compliments or, or, or not, it's like we, it, it, other people's opinion of you is none of your business. (laughs) And, and, and it's easy, especially as, means I think we have a tendency to like try to be kind of like perfect or um, we have this whole I, I, I talk to my sisters about it all the time and, and we can we mention it as like the refugee syndrome. It's mm-hmm. like you are always trying to be perfect because you're trying to prove that you're worth it to everybody. And like, you're worth being in America, you're worth this job, you're like, we, we have such high expectations for ourselves. And we're always trying to prove our worth, because we come from a place that we had to like escape from, and nobody wanted us. And so I think it's like kind of this deep heated thing especially for the diaspora because we're constantly trying to prove to everybody like look what i can do look what i can do look at me you know like look it's good to have me here i'm like doing something positive (laughs) like you know dance monkey dance thing but um at the end of the day like you choose what you internalize and and the whole fear thing is that you know fear is fear is such a powerful emotion. And we are the only ones that get to decide whether or not we're really afraid of something, you know, obviously, there's certain situations life or death, of course, that's, that's humane. Um, But, but typically, your day to day, you're not dealing with hopefully life or death situations, you know, you've got like the whole mass voice hierarchy and means thing. Like you've got, you've got most of us have the basics figured out. Like we have a roof overhead. We have daily water and food. We feel safe for most of the time. And so now we're dealing with like the higher level stuff. And, but we still have this weird thing with fear. And I always have to remind people that our brain is not wired to be happy. <laughs> Our brain is wired to keep us alive. And the way that our brain used to keep us alive when we were cavemen, like way back in the day, was by always thinking negatively. Because if you ate that berry, like maybe you could die. Or if you go into that dark cave, like maybe there will be a bear in there. So the limbic system, the oldest part of our brain... The one that's like most internal to us is constantly thinking of negative things and all of the things that can go wrong because it is wired to keep us alive. It is wired to think about those things. And that's why we need to put that much extra effort to backpedal that mentality and to realize, oh crap, like my brain doesn't actually exist to make me happy. It just exists to keep me alive. So I have to work. That much harder to make decisions and to kind of look at my life and go towards the fear because that fear could make me happy, and I think the biggest thing that's been in the way for me at least um, starting the whole entrepreneurship thing is I always knew I kind of wanted to be an entrepreneur and like mostly because I would <laughs> kind of rebel against a lot of authority in like a very polite way, <laughs> you know, and. Um, and, and the perfectionism thing is real because I always thought when I was back in Vermont and doing social media full-time, I wanted to do my own thing so bad. But I was like, oh, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. Like, I don't have the perfect brand. Um, I don't have the perfect product. I don't have this. I don't have that. Like, essentially, it was like an excuse after excuse, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, and finally, I just... I just did it and I just did the first thing. Like I made the first post or I made the first page of the website. And I think that. I think that's the thing that people think is like to be an entrepreneur, like you have to have everything figured out. You have to have this amazing business plan and then you have to have every product designed to a T and then your brand has to be totally figured out. Like my brand has changed like four times within the last sixteen months. <laughs> like it is not about perfection, it's about progress. And that is not something that you should take just as an entrepreneur. That is something you should take about your life. That is something you should take about your body. Like we we are not, you are allowed to be a masterpiece and a work in progress at the same time. You do not have to be one or the other, and nor will you ever be perfect. So the assumption that your business has to be perfect in order for it to begin is a lie and the fear is the excuse that you give yourself oh maybe i'll fail oh i'm not ready yet oh i don't have enough money especially for the diaspora it's not like most of us don't have like fortunes <laughs> you know backing us or trice funds like other entrepreneurs we we have our our um very minimal resources a lot of the time to start out with but that's one of the reasons I love the coaching business that I do is that you don't even need a product. You don't Mm -hmm. even need like, you don't need a, a business You don't need anything. You just need to have a will to help people be happier and healthier. That's literally it. And, and hard work. Like those are the two things I always tell my coaches. I'm like you and, and being an entrepreneur is difficult because you, we deal with so much fear already. We deal with the fear of like failure, which is inevitable. Um, And we deal with the fear of, you know, constantly being criticized, either criticizing ourselves or other people critiquing us, whatever it is. But if you let fear dictate your life, and I did for a long time, I didn't start this business for years, um, because I was afraid I wasn't ready yet, or I was afraid I didn't know enough yet, or I was afraid that people would judge me because I'm not certified, right? I don't have like a PhD in psychology. Right. But... I do know how to talk to people. <laughs> and and I am the customer. <laughs> like I am the person trying to be healthier and happier through a daily routine. And I know that customer better than anyone. So who else is going to speak on that customer better than I can? And I think the second that you remove that that assumption that your business has to be perfect or that you have to be perfect in order to start, I think that's where you actually find success and actually find the courage and that doesn't mean you're not going to have like ups and downs it doesn't mean it's met it's going to be easy i think one of the biggest misconceptions on social media that social media portrays about life and all of us in general is this assumption that life is going to be easy (laughs) or that life is meant to be easy yeah and that is the just the least true thing ever (laughs) because I mean you know and I know like our parents didn't move to the United States because it was easy (laughs) right Uh they didn't like women don't give birth to children because it's easy like most of the amazing things in your life that are going to happen happen because they are hard and if you have i heard this advice like a year ago and i've been trying to i've been implementing it in my day to day and i think it's a real big game changer for anybody is that if you have a choice between two things and if you choose the harder option your life will transform because the harder option is almost always exactly what you need <laughs> And it's exactly what you're afraid of. So if you have the choice between taking a nap or cleaning your room and you clean your room, you're going to be happier in the long run. If you have the choice between working out or, you know, watching Netflix for three hours, if you work out, you're going to be happier. If you have the choice between starting a business or just watching everybody else, you're going to be happier starting a business. Mm -hmm. You know, so like, if we listen to that truth, and and we and if we accept the fact that as humans, we are meant to do hard things. I think that's the key. You know, you're never always going to have all the answers. Nothing is going to be perfect before it gets launched. You are always going to go through ups and downs, because that is the The spirit of being human but if you just have faith in that and you trust that and if you listen to your intuition and understand that just because it's hard doesn't mean it's wrong because it's hard it probably means it's right (laughs) then (laughs) then you can really build from that
0: yeah you really have to trust the process because you know you're going to go through so many things and at certain times it's going to feel like things don't make any sense and you're going to have this you know almost like temptation to just quit and to just kind of walk away from whatever it was that you started which I say that like very drastically but that'll probably last um I don't know maybe like 15 minutes and then you'll just kind of suck it up and you know continue (laughs) yeah um yeah I think we all have those doubts and there was this really funny like um infographic that I saw I wonder if I can find it but it was like a line graph or something and it was just very comical and I don't Maybe you even posted this, too, but it was just, like, in the mind of an entrepreneur and, like, the, you know, top of it is, like, at the peak, like, oh, I'm doing great, making big changes, and then it'll, like, go all the way down, and it's, like, yeah, I'm quitting, like, this is not for me, I feel like it's awesome, <laughs> and then it'll go up again and just, like, you know, have all of those different Um, like high and low points, because that's something that's, you know, very just that is what it is. And it's hard to explain that to people if they're not, you know, in that situation. And it's something that when I first started, you know, Balkan Bread and decided that this is something that I wanted to do, I didn't really realize that either. I just thought all of these people who had their own businesses were just like, is really honestly kind of naive that I thought this, but (laughs) thinking that, you know, people were like instantly successful or like they have everything together and it's not that way. And it's so funny because um one of my good friends, we were actually in this entrepreneur group that I think I talked about in one of the first couple episodes. And I remember, you know, sitting in these meetings and at this time like Vulcan Bread did not even exist. I didn't even no, I was going to do this at the time I was actually thinking about like being a business coach which is pretty funny but um <laughs> anyway my original business idea and not that there's anything wrong with that you know this just mm. kind of happened randomly but um yeah so she was in the group with us and she actually has a staffing agency and I remember just looking at her and being so like intimidated and oh my god she's so successful like she's already done this much in revenue like how <laughs> world, you know, just, like, talking, like, very business-like, and I'm like, how in the world am I going to get to that point, point? and it's funny because, like, me and her have gotten a lot closer, you know, since being in that group, and we're always, like, just calling each other on the phone and, you know, giving advice or, you know, just certain things, and um, I was actually talking to her, I think, last week or the week before, and she asked me if I wanted to host a workshop for her staffing agency, and basically, you know, share the whole Balkan Bread story and just like how to actually tell your story on social media, which I was kind of floored by. I thought that was awesome (laughs) because, you know, I look at their Instagram and it has around like pretty much the same kind of following as Balkan bread does, but you know, all the pictures are great. Like they're edited, you know, to perfection. But I remember, you know, she was saying how, you know, I want people to see that this brand is something more than just, you know, pretty girls like wearing cool clothes and stuff. Cause they're basically, um, you know, working as a staffing agency and having these girls like partner with different, you know, boutiques and different wholesalers and stuff like that. And so um, I thought that was really interesting. But yeah, anyway, we all have that like imposter kind of syndrome where we don't know what we're doing a hundred percent of the time. Mm-hmm. But the, the difference between you know someone who um, you know doesn't know what they're doing and then just like quitting and being like, well, I don't know all the answers. You know, I'm just going to give up. And then the person who is like well, hey, I don't know everything, but I'm still going to continue and I'm still going to try. You know, that's kind of what makes the difference between being an entrepreneur and not being one. Like, you kind of have to go with that. I honestly, like, if you've been following Balkan Bread from the beginning, then you will know that it just started out as like an Etsy store. And I thought, you know, oh, maybe in a year or something, we'll have a website, <laughs> and I'll like some stuff. I really didn't know. I was like, I, I don't know what this is going to be. But, you know, after everything that had happened and um, I was just thinking, well, you know, why not just kind of do it now and start now and see where I can get with this? I didn't have like an exact, you know, date that I wanted anything to be like up by. I was just this summer thinking about it, like, oh, I could do this. You know, I already have a little bit of experience with, you know,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. WordPress and getting my website up and things like that and, you know, of course it was hard, you know, having to figure out, oh, how are people going to pay for this? How am I going to connect this to this? You know, and things like that, but eventually you figure it out, and you just kind of have to go with it, and a lot of times things will just start to fall into place, like, you know, the whole um, Spoktebe collection, and then just sharing the stories, and everything kind of eventually just came together full circle, and it turned out to be something really awesome, and that's really, it's not because I planned everything out to a t it's because i did all of these little things and i just mm-hmm. kind of trust process and trusted that eventually everything would come together and eventually i came up with okay i have this release date and things like that but you know before all of that i had all these other things that um had to get done as well so mm-hmm. i think really important that you touched on that so Going back to the social media thing, which I know we were just talking about <laughs> not worrying about social media and all of that, so I feel like we're switching gears a little bit, but it is important at the end of the day, you know, if you are trying to grow your personal brand, so if you are a life coach or if you are a photographer or maybe, I don't know, you, like, make really cool cookies or something and you're selling that, I don't know go you know, random stuff <laughs> but what social media advice do you have for someone who is trying to grow their personal brand whether that be for you know they just have like a blog or they have like a full-blown business
1: yeah um I mean it's kind of crazy because social media like is always changing and that's one of the reasons I love it and one of the reasons I hate it (laughs) because you feel like right when you figure something out like the algorithm changes (laughs) or right when um, you get like a schedule somebody comes up with Mm -hmm. a cooler app (laughs) like it's like there's there's always like a lot of upkeep which can be kind of exhausting but the great thing about it and I mean I think you hit the nail on the head by saying like it's just about it's not about having, like, of course you have to have vision. Like, of course you have to have like an idea of what you want this thing to kind of look like. Right. Um, but it's so much more about taking that first step. Um, I think the, the number one piece of advice that I can give is to be clear, um, on who you are and why you are, because a lot of people, they, they, you know, we get caught up in like creating the perfect graphic or if, picking the perfect filter or what, whatever it may be. But um, if you don't have a clear sense of your brand, like, and why your brand exists and what kind of value it's adding to people's lives or, or like, if you are selling cookies or if you are um, making awesome sweatshirts, whatever it is, it's, like, you have to have a clear Um, Why? Because people and I think um, Simon Sinek, um, (laughs) I love saying words with a lot of S's in it. (laughs) Simon Sinek talks about this on his TED talk. Um, He says people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. And that's exactly that's like a reason Apple became so successful versus Microsoft, you know, because Apple went out and they said, yeah, we're a computer. No, Microsoft went out and said, yeah, we we make amazing computers and this is all the Mm -hmm. things that they do. But Apple came out and said, we're rebels. We change the status quo. We break barriers. And yeah, we also make computers. (laughs) and awesome computers and people connect with apple because it's the why like there are there I mean you know better than anyone there are thousands of sweatshirt clothing companies out there or um, thousands of fitness coaches out there or thousands of cookie makers Mm -hmm. out there so what sets you apart from everybody else and it doesn't have to be like I think when when I say that a lot of brands like panic and they're like, oh, my God, I have to have this like deep mission or this, you know, intense kind of revelation. It's like, (laughs) no, 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 (laughs) just just be honest. Like if your thing is like making silly shirts and you just want to brighten up people's day with looking down and like having like a cool cartoon on their shirt, then that's your mission. You know, like, but but be clear about it, um, and I think that authenticity is so important in that. And I'm sure that's why that woman. I actually read the blog post that you wrote about that woman, so I know exactly who you're talking about—the <laughs> um, one with the staffing agency. But I'm sure that's why she asked you to talk about the Balkan story because I think even though you may not have known, like you said, exactly what it was going to look like, you trusted your gut and you trusted your truth. And as long as you are following authenticity, and I think people get, like, kind of intimidated by that because it's like, oh, well, how am I – how can I be authentic all the time and make amazing content and do this and do that? You just have to be honest because people don't connect with the perfect things. Like, I might like a perfect photo of, like, a girl on the beach, <laughs> but I'm never going to love that, right? Um, What I am going to love is my friend Megan sharing about her acne story and how hard it is for her to put on like pounds of makeup before she Mm -hmm. goes out the door. Like I love that. (laughs) People do not connect with each other and I think this is so important in terms of social media and and brands need to think about this too because you might be selling a product but like I said, they're going to buy your why not your what. Um, people connect with vulnerability, you know, they connect with truth, they connect with authenticity. They don't connect with perfection. Your best friend in the whole world is not your best friend because you necessarily had the most fun with them or because they were necessarily the the, um, biggest party or whatever. It's the person that was there when your dog died. (laughs) You know, it was the person that was there when things were hard. And I think in terms of brands, um, that doesn't mean your brand has to be depressing or anything like that, but it has to be honest. And if you are a um, jewelry maker, right, and you are trying to tell your story about jewelry and you have like... 17 different um, you know um, different types of filters and 83 types of captions like you just have to be clear it's kind of like an elevator pitch you know if if one I my rule of thumb is like someone should scroll through your Instagram feed once to know who you are like one scroll should give them an idea of who you are and I think that being clear about that like what's the one thing that you're about? Just just pick one. And then if you have additional things on top of that, those can be like your subtopics, right? So for me with the fifth ones, my one thing is adding value to people through social yes. media, right. And then the fourth ways that the ways that I do that, my little subgroups are through fitness mm-hmm. um, and health, through personal development, through social media. And through career and coaching, those are the four ways that I do that. And I think, like the, the um, uh, Balkan bread, for example, you're one thing. And correct me if I'm wrong, but this is my my assumption as uh, a consumer, is that you're trying to connect the diaspora. Um, and the ways that you do that are through the blog, by sharing success stories, or through the podcast, by literally connecting with people and keeping them um, in the loop through media, through your clothing and representing that on the, um, the things that you sell you know, um, and your social media and showcasing that. So, like, you can have different things that you're about, but you need to, like, please, please, please just pick one that if somebody asks me, like, what's Balkan Bread about? If someone asks me, what's FitFluence about? If someone asks me, what's Jenny's Cakes about? I'll know one the one thing to say. And I think that's the thing that um, a lot of people are running into with social media is that there are so many mm-hmm. accounts now you feel like you're drowning in a red sea like you think everybody's the same like there are so many fashion bloggers like I do I do not necessarily need another fashion blogger to tell me what toothpaste they use (laughs) you know but if you tell me what why that toothpaste like how it's actually helped you or or whatever it is like whether it's a product or experience whatever like that's what's going to make me want to follow you you know, because everyone can take a nice picture, but not everybody can connect. So number one thing is add value. I think that's like, and, and be clear about your um, brand and like why you exist. So number one is be clear about why you exist. Number two is probably consistency. Um, because at the end of the day, you're showing up in people's lives, right? Like people spend hours a day on social media. And if you're not consistent... Um, then it's kind of like, let's say you have a favorite coffee shop in the neighborhood and you go get your coffee there every single morning. And then one day you show up and they're not there. And you're like, Oh, that's kind of weird. Like that was random. Like they're closed. Okay. I'll just come back tomorrow. And you come back tomorrow and they're there. And then you come back on Thursday and they're, they're closed again. You're like, well, screw this! I'm just gonna go to another coffee shop that's like, like open no. all the time, or or has a consistent schedule that I know they're gonna be open from eight to five. Social media is kind of like that, and the social media algorithms they like that. They like um, whether it's YouTube or Instagram or Facebook, all those platforms appreciate consistency. Mm-hmm. So if you post a certain times, a number of times a day at a certain time a day, like if you're posting on your story and you're really posting, like post on your story every day. So when people go to you, they can rely on you. And you and I think that builds a lot of trust with people because you are showing up in their everyday lives. You're with them when they're brushing your teeth. You're with them when they're on the bus. You know, and they have to be able to rely on you. So consistency is number two. And that goes for your brand too. Like you can't be, you know, black and white one day and then super colorful and then, you know, matte the next. Like, you have to have some consistency and like, the way you look. I think that that's really important um, to creating a brand. And then number three is just that every platform is different and you do not need to be on all of them. Like, if you are a blogger um that's all about like um cooking and recipes and stuff like pinterest yeah that makes Mm -hmm. sense for you you know um instagram that makes sense for you you have visual photos twitter not so much (laughs) you know so like i would just say pick the couple of platforms that make sense for your brand Figure out, like, do a little bit of research. Like, there's a certain time um, every week that when, like, that YouTube posts are most effective, right? Like, do a little bit of research to see what works for each platform and then customize your content for that. The same exact post on Pinterest should not look the same exact on Instagram. They're not the same platform, you know? That's like trying to speak Spanish and French. So, like, make sure you are um, adapting to each platform and don't overwhelm yourself. You don't have to be on every platform. There are always going to be more. Just pick the few that you know make sense for your brand that you can handle, right, consistency. If you're on five platforms, it's a lot harder than keeping up with two and and post on there in the format that like that platform likes and then the social media algorithms the social media gods whatever you may call it are gonna show your content
0: to the right people right and i think that you know things that work for like one brand might not necessarily work as well for the other so a lot of it is experimentation too and while well, it's really good to, you know, do your research. And like you said, there are so many different tools that are available to us, too. You know, if you have an Instagram business account, you can see all of your analytics and you can see, you know, what times of day for each single day in the week are, you know, most popular for you to post and things like that. So there are a lot of tools that are available. And while it's good to look at those and kind of get a gauge and like a sense of, you know, those kinds of things, you also have to, take other things into consideration and I think take everything with a grain of salt because like you were saying you know being consistent and you know posting on like your Instagram story I keep going back to Instagram just because that's one that I feel most comfortable with and learned you know like Mm -hmm. so much about it but I have found that personally I don't know what it is and if it's something lately ever since Instagram you know rolled out like the story feature but I'm so much more likely to click through like everyone's stories than I am to like scroll like all the way down on my feed for whatever. reason. I don't know, Mm -hmm. it's just like a little tidbit. And it's nothing Mm -hmm. that's going to like take up a bunch of my day. So if you're a brand, definitely, you know, utilizing that and taking advantage of it. And that's why I try and post, you know, Something on my story each day for Balkan Bread because a good rule of thumb that I heard um, from another, I think she's a YouTuber, a business coach, she was saying that, you know, if someone visits your profile, then it's always good to have, you know, some kind of story that they can watch. Like there should always be like something up, which I know is very, very difficult because, you know, you'll have to Mm -hmm. plan out different things or, you know, there's all kinds of tools that you can use to plan out your posts and things like that. But Going along with the experimentation thing and just like seeing what works well for your brand. So once you've decided, you know, these are the colors that I want to use or, you know, how I want my feet to look and things like that, you know, you there is room to experiment. So one thing that worked really well for Balkan bread, and I did not expect this at all, but. When we first made our very first template so like those little story templates that you can fill in um with the this or that and it was for like different balkan foods and i just made that on a whim i really didn't think very much of it and then come to find i literally i swear i think we got just from posting that and having people you know repost it on their story and tagging our account so that way you know, their followers could see what Balkan Bread was if they weren't following us. That literally got us, I think, a thousand followers in like three days, which is insane. And I did not expect that at all. But it's because you started that chain reaction and you had something that people had never really seen before. Like I've never seen a template that was related to you know, like different kinds of Bosnian food. And I think that resonated really well with people. And that goes back to, you know, the why of the brand, which is connecting, you know, the diaspora, you said it very well, and giving the different ways that we do that. So through the stories, the podcast, the clothes, you know, all that kind of stuff. So definitely think those were really mm-hmm. good tips. And I'm glad that we were kind of general about it instead of like going on each platform and saying, okay, you need to have this many hashtags or, you know, tag, whatever. It just gets complicated and you can do your own research. There are so many different articles and things that you can find about that. But at the end of the day, if you have a really strong why, and you know, you're not just posting a pretty picture to post a pretty picture, then you're going to get somewhere from <laughs> <Brahmin>. so. it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Yeah, I mean we have enough, uh, we have a lot of pretty
1: pictures out there, (laughs) you know. and I remember you posting that food template and me being like, holy crap, like, this is so cute and fun. And I immediately filled it out and then tagged three other Bosnians, and, like, was definitely a part of that whole <laughs> um, obsession. But it's right. It's because nobody had really done that. And, like, yeah, you, there are social media tips up the wazoo. I mean, like, a, g- a good one for Instagram, for example, is treating your feed like a magazine and your story kind of like the reality mm. show. And so your stories where you put the behind the scenes, the stories where you talk about your favorite movie that you just watched, the stories where you get to connect people and ask them to respond to you. I think the polls, like one of the things that I've been doing in my stories a lot is doing polls and people are actually able to interact with you and and make you feel like like you have a relationship with them because it's a two-way street all of a sudden. They're not just looking at you from like a fish eyes view. Yeah. Um, and, and I think you're a hundred percent right that it's, it's like, there are so many tips about that, but at the end of the day, like it should all connect. And, and like you said, like you didn't necessarily know that that was going to be like, I feel like every day you and I, and whoever is like out there being an entrepreneur every day, we're a little bit clearer on our why. Every day we're a little bit clearer on um, what brand we want or how we want to do it. But we're only clearer by trial and error. You know, like, we are only clearer by – like, you didn't know that that template was going to be successful. You yes. just put it out there. If you had waited three months to create the perfect template and then done this and done that and, like, put so much effort into something and you put it out there and it flopped, like, that that's the thing. It's like if you – Obviously, being prepared is important, but like you have to take the more risks you take, the more chances of success, and then less it's gonna matter when they fail, yeah. <laughs> um, because they're gonna <laughs> fail. Not, not everything, everything works. Yeah, gonna work.
0: That's so true. That's so true. And there's things that I've done, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that again. Like that is not. Work very well. And a lot of times it's things that you least expect and you just kind of put them out there and then you go back to check your phone and you're like, holy crap, what is going on? <laughs> That's how I felt yeah. when that happened. I, I was like, Whoa, why am I getting so many notifications? And now I have all of my like Instagram ones turned off because I just can't it's way too much, especially when you're managing, if you're managing like multiple accounts, which I'd done in the past before, like when I was doing Odyssey, and then I had another social internship and, you know, personal account and just things like that. Much, mm-hmm. So, it doesn't really go with, I guess, the whole um tips to growing your brand, but it can be very just like it's a lot and it can be kind of draining. So, if you need to turn off your like notifications, I highly stand by that. Um, that'll kind of help like reduce your time on certain apps too, which is nice. And I don't think I'm missing yeah. out on anything, like, I can just go back in the app and you know, see what I missed. And, It's not a big deal. So, um, yeah, I guess we can end with this last question. And then if you want to go into the, um, new year's like tips and stuff, we can, or if you'd like to save that for something else, it's completely okay. I still have time. We're like a little over an hour, but, um, yeah, the last question is how do you balance your full-time job with your coaching business?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. (laughs) Again, just just that trial and error, (laughs) like bringing it back. Um, I love your tip, by the way, on um, putting your phone down. I think people forget that social media is a choice. (laughs) Like, You don't have to be connected to your phone all the time. And now that um, the iPhone, for example, has those insights, I'm, like, (laughs) shook at how much time I spend on each platform. So, like, it's okay to – like, a tip on social media can be just to detox from social media. (laughs) Like, you need to disconnect. Like, I went on a walk this morning and I left my phone in my apartment and it was, like – the most relaxed I felt like all month, <laughs> you know, so it's okay. Like a tip for social media can be a tip about your personal wellness, <laughs> dealing with your relationship with social media. Like it can be this amazing thing, but it can also be difficult to keep up with. So make sure you're prioritizing that. But um, to answer your question, it, it is really um, tricky um, trying to balance a full-time job. I mean, I work 45 to 50 hours a week at my full-time job. And then I work about 10 to 20 hours a week on FitFluence every week. And so I think, um, and moving to San Francisco and doing all this, like again, on a whim, it was trial and error. But through my trial and error, I've found out that one of the best things that I can do for myself is prioritize my business first thing Mm -hmm. in the morning. And I know that's like a big ask because a lot of people don't like getting up right. that early. I am not one of those people. I actually feel, unless I'm, you know, um, hungover, <laughs> like, I feel like I lose a lot of the day when I don't get up early in the morning. And the reason I suggest that, and I actually suggest this for getting your workouts into, I, I always have my clients um, prioritize their workouts first because, again, you want to be your first priority in the beginning mm-hmm. of the day. Like the rest of the day is going to be so dedicated to everybody else. If you're a mom, you're going to be taking care of kids. If you have a job, you're going to be preoccupied with emails. So, like you're going to be dealing with family, like everything. Like the whole day is going to be about everybody else. But you need to make intentional steps towards carving out time in the beginning of the day for yourself. And if that means meditating for 10 minutes, if that means getting in a 30 minute workout to like really, you know, get you up and running, if that means um, prioritizing your business for the first hour of the day, before you get all those emails, before you know, shit starts hitting the fan before time gets away from you, which it's inevitable that it will. um, You can have the like, I I know how many I don't know about you, but I know how many days I've like planned my day out to a T. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, how did that Like, where did my time even go? (laughs) Like, like, you can plan it out. But, but The nice thing about doing it in the morning is that everybody else is asleep (laughs) and you can really focus and you can really um, put your business and yourself first. And then the other thing is, too, is that throughout the rest of the day, your business is going to be growing. So like you already put in the momentum, you push the rock forward and now it's rolling down the hill the rest of the day. If you leave it to like when you get home and you're exhausted or your kid is crying or you still have to make dinner or whatever it is, um or that email that project didn't get finished like then your
0: business isn't an actual priority it's just Mm, a hobby exactly and you have to make it a priority I think you know you have to want it really bad if you don't want it really bad then you're just not going to do it like point blank because you know like you said you're working 40 to 50 hours a week that's a lot of time but you're still. You know getting up early and putting in whatever time it may be if it's an hour if it's 30 minutes it doesn't matter you're still devoting like some time to you know figure out what you want to do and it's time that you're not spent like scrolling on your phone which is really smart and I definitely will say that you know starting that like small habit of not being on your phone in the morning is a really good one um Honestly, I found that I'm way more productive if I get up. I I check my phone for the time, maybe to turn off my alarm, and that's really it. Like, yeah, I might have notifications, but everything can wait. Like, nothing is such a rush to where you, like, have to, you know, open that Snapchat or open this or that. Like, it literally doesn't matter. You know, you can open it after you eat breakfast. But, I really like Mm -hmm. to sit down and take the time to read a book or, you know, journal or something, just like do something for myself that I know I'm gonna feel a lot better later on in the day. And it's so much more productive than like scrolling through Facebook or Instagram. So I'm actually reading this book right now. I just started reading it. Um, If you guys have read the You Are a Badass book by um, Jen Sincero, really good book. It's like one of the Top selling self help kind of books. It has the yellow cover. I'm sure you've probably read it too. <laughs> oh, yeah. It looks amazing. Uh, I haven't read it, but I've heard it's a of really great good things. book. And she actually made one um, that's called You Are a Badass at Making Money. And I think that's really important to note, too, because, like, while we're sitting here, like, talking about, you know, social media and growing your brand and stuff, you know, that also comes with, like, knowing your value and knowing your worth. And I think a lot of people have a really weird, like, relationship with money and they think that they aren't, like, worthy of, like, receiving money and they aren't worthy of, you know, like, having wealth I guess just because we're always like oh we're just barely making it or like we were saying earlier you know starting your business with literally like nothing like that was definitely me and definitely didn't have any type of investment other than you know whatever little money that I had on my own so um yeah just like shifting your whole mindset towards that but it's a really good book if you're interested in more of that whole I guess getting in the mindset of it is really important I feel like I'm gonna read it and kind of I feel like I know a lot of this stuff already. It's just a matter of, like, getting back in tune and, like, reconnecting with it and just, you know, reminding yourself that, you know, this is what you're worthy of and this is how you can actually, like, make money from whatever it is that you're doing.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Common common sense is not often common practice. <laughs> Um, and it's funny because especially now with so much information floating out there, it's like a lot of times, like, we know what we need mm-hmm. to do. We just choose not to do yeah. it. <laughs> and, and that's okay. But, but you're 100% right. If you always have this mentality that it's hard to make money or that um, money doesn't come easily to you or that you're always going to struggle, you will. I 100% guarantee it. And the reason I know that is because, um, you know, let's say you're in your room right now and I tell you to look for um, something red. And you're looking, you're looking like I see something red right now. And then I wait a few seconds, I I ask you, okay, well, tell me what you can find that's blue. (laughs) And you have no idea (laughs) because you are out there searching for the red you will always find what you're searching for and if that means that you're always focused on money being hard and that doesn't mean you have to necessarily like be an entrepreneur you know some people skyrocket some people take more time but you have to have the right mindset and you're 100% right with that. And if we, um, like you said about the social media thing, like it's crazy to me because, you know, less than 15 years ago, nobody was doing that. <laughs> like nobody was getting up and checking Snapchat. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that the first thing you do is look at other people's lives mm-hmm. in the morning, it's, it's the worst. So depressing. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it's like, you need, like, let's let's just reel it in a little bit. And let's give you, like, half an hour or an hour in the morning every day to just be doing, like, you do you, boo. (laughs) You know, like, don't don't care about who. And I fall into this, like, I've woken up and immediately go to Instagram. And then I always feel like crap (laughs) because, one, my eyes aren't even ready to, like, be open. And, two, I'm probably just, like – you know, com- doing a comparison or, or looking at some, you know, bikini photo, <laughs> whatever it is, like, um, so I, I love that you said that. And I think that's definitely true. Is like prioritizing yourself. So in terms of your business, I think that's number one, like you, you have to, you just have to carve out the time. Um, and if you don't want to, like people, a lot of times they tell me this for workouts, too. They'll tell me, oh, I don't have the time, you know, and I'll be like, OK, well, like walk me through a- an entire day for you. Like and they're like, OK, well, I get up and then I guess I check my phone and then I do this and then I and then I get home and then I watch some Narcos and then I make dinner and then I do this and then I- I'm back on, fi- mm-hmm. you know, like you have the time. <laughs> you are just choosing not to spend it on your business and that's okay but then don't don't um, follow the paths of an entrepreneur Mm. like but if you are willing to do the work and if you're willing to invest the time then do then do it like don't don't just dream about it like take the first initial steps like you said in doing it but I think that has been the number one thing and then the number one number two thing in terms of like how to Um, balance having a full-time job and a side hustle is uh, really like saying no (laughs) to a lot and I've been hearing a lot of people on podcasts talking about saying no and as a um self-diagnosed people pleaser (laughs) I have a very hard time saying no to people because I want to do all the things like I want to have all the fun I have very very intense FOMO if I am if I'm not but I have to realize like that you know I don't necessarily want the life that all those people that are asking me to hang out or or not all the, like, you know, (laughs) your friends or whatever it is. Like, you can't, you you just, there's not enough time in the day to do everything. So you have to prioritize and you're going to have to say no to some things sometimes, but... But saying no now so you can say yes to that trip in five years or to that um, speaking at that forum or to whatever goal it is that you have, that's what's going to be worth it. And um, one of our coaches went live on Instagram the other day. She was talking about you don't always have to love what you're doing, but you have to love why you're doing it because every job every business everything has a crap sandwich <laughs> like there are always going to be things that are hard about it there are things that are annoying about my business or monotonous of course that I have to do every day and I don't always love doing those things but I love why yes I'm doing it. I yeah. and no, it. for
0: sure I was just thinking because after you said that there are so many just like Almost like bookkeeping, like tedious things that go into Balkan bread. Like, it's not just, you know, about posting on Instagram and, you know, all of that kind of stuff, which I, I enjoy. Like, that's my favorite part is interacting with you guys. But it's also dealing with, you know, different customers and sending out emails, making sure your order has shipped. And then, you know, dealing with if a package is lost or, oh, someone ordered the wrong size. And, you know, there's little things that you're going to have to work out. But at the end, as you said, mm-hmm you know, you love doing what you love, why you're doing it. You might not necessarily love exactly, you know, that whole process that you're having to deal with, but it's important to you and everything kind of ties together. So, That was, I guess that was the last question that I had written down. So thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I hope you guys found this helpful. And I just wanted to thank Danny's for being on it and giving her advice.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. This was so fun to actually dive into and talk about, and I know I feel like we got into a lot of good, juicy stuff that hopefully helpful to um, you guys and your audience. So um, I hope this adds a little bit of value to your day. Yeah,
0: definitely. And if you guys are interested in being on an upcoming podcast episode or if you have an idea for a podcast you can send an email to hello at balkanbred.com with the subject line podcast so other than that i hope you guys have an amazing rest of your day and we will see you next week bye guys